Matthew chapter 8 verse 5 and when Jesus was entered into Capernaum there came unto him a centurion beseeching him and saying Lord my servant lieth at home sick of the palsy grievously tormented and Jesus saith unto him I will come and heal him the centurion answered and said Lord I am not worthy that thou shouldest come under my roof but speak the word only and my servant shall be healed for I am under authority having soldiers under me and I say to this man go and he goeth and I to another come and he cometh and to my servant do this and he doeth it when Jesus heard it he marveled he was shocked and said to them that followed Verily I say unto you, I have not found so great faith, no, not in Israel. And I say unto you, that many shall come from the east and the west, and it shall sit down with Abraham and Isaac and Jacob in the kingdom of heaven. I'm going to jump down to verse 13. It says, And Jesus said unto the centurion, Go thy way, and as thou, as thou hast believed, Glory to God. So be it done unto thee. May the Lord add a blessing to the word. Please take your seats. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Praise the Lord. Saints, I do greet you all in the name of our Lord and our Savior, Jesus the Christ. I am so grateful to be in, in fellowship and in worship with you today. It is my heart's desire to be constantly in this moment of worship with you. We take this opportunity to worship God first because what we're trying to do is invite the presence of the Lord in the room. We're trying to get our hearts ready to receive whatever it is he has to say to us. We say these words in prayer and we ask the Holy Spirit to come into the room and to inspire us and move us and direct us um, so that hopefully whenever we go back out into the world, we're kind of refreshed and ready and prepared for whatever comes our way. So today as we kind of enter into the word, I'm hoping there's something that the Holy Spirit speaks to your heart about today. Um, I was thinking about this word all this week and thinking about the ways in which sometimes we don't use our imagination to believe what God can do for us. We think it has to be by the book. Like it can only be the way somebody else has done it. When in truth, the Lord is leading and inspiring us in this moment to do the will of the Lord. So I'm asking you to open yourself up then to the Holy Spirit, to a vision that the Lord can have in you that may not be the same vision as mine, but nonetheless, it's just as valid and reasonable as my vision. I remember um, when I was young, thinking about this scripture that I just read. There's something about authority, like the right kind of authority. When it says the same words, you take that authority much more seriously. When we were younger, um, I remember I was the youngest, so um, I used to think I used to think I was had too many chores like I somehow got all the worst chores in the house that was my thought at the time I assumed that I was being given the most and the worst chores and because of the stratosphere of the house you probably realize this yourself um, the oldest is usually gets away with the most or gets to dictate to the others 
down the pecking order who gets to do what. So in this example, you know, Noah would get to choose and then maybe, uh, you know, uh, down the road, other people would have to figure out what it is. So I used to always assume that Sonia was giving me the worst of the, 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 the chores in the house. And she had to be very careful how she would tell me, because I was so defiant, she had to be very careful how she told me my, I had to do so. Like, you have to wash the dishes. My first question is, who said I have to wash the dishes? That's my first question. Like, I need to figure out, is this, you know, is this you saying I have to wash the dishes, or is this mom saying I have to wash the dishes? That's two different things. If mom's saying I have to wash the dishes, then I have to wash the dishes. If you're saying I have to wash, I'm not, but you have to be careful, right? Because if she's come with the right authority already, simply questioning it is actually not questioning her authority, it's questioning mom's authority. So I had to be very careful how I put this, because she could then say, well, he won't do what you said, mom, immediately to mom, right? Because you could say, Go, I told him and he said he's not doing it. No, I told you, you're confusing my words. Do you see how it works? That's how authority works though. If you ask the right question to the right person, you may get the authority of somebody else. Let's take another example. In the court system today, like a judge can issue a warrant and that warrant can say anything he wants. What that piece of paper represents is what the judge's authority is. It actually doesn't matter who has the piece of paper, it's the judge's word, right? Like, so I could be walking around with a warrant in my hand and I'm thinking, why should I listen to you? Well, you're not listening to you, you're listening to the person who issued the authority. <laughs> so if some random person walks up to your house, I'm gonna search your house, Oh, no, you're not. Absolutely not. Then he'll pull out a warrant and say, ah, this gives me permission. Okay, let me read it. Ah, yeah, you're right. Come on in. <laughs> right? Because the authority was never that person. It doesn't matter whether you like that person or not. It doesn't matter whether that person's good or bad. If they have authority, it doesn't matter where they got it from. You see what I mean? Authority depends on who gives it. <laughs> And right now we're in the middle of a story in St. Matthew chapter 8 of this man who is a centurion. I don't know if you know much about centurions, I did a little bit of research. A centurion is a man who is, uh, it's a battlefield kind of um, commander. And he has charge over about 80 people. I know centurion, you assume it would be 100, but for whatever reason it's 80 men, right? It's about 100. And he's given responsibility for the discipline and the leadership of those men. If they, the Roman Empire decided it was going to go into battle, this centurion would give given 80 men and that's your charge. Like the general isn't going to tell the, those men what to do, the general's going to tell the centurion what to do, and the centurion's going to tell his 80 men what to do. Right? He, the general's not going to be bothered with each individual soldier, that's not his responsibility. He's saying, I'm going to tell my centurions what to do, and the centurions will tell the men what to do. He's in a chain of command, right? The chain starts with whoever's in charge, maybe it would be the, you know, the, the emperor, the Caesar, whatever, who would it would be, and he would tell his general, the general would then tell the centurion, the centurion would tell the 
soldier, but whoever, it doesn't, from the soldier's perspective, it actually doesn't matter who gave the order because he recognizes that there's a chain of command that goes all the way back to whoever's in charge. <laughs> so this man has come to Jesus in St. Matthew chapter 8 and he said to Jesus, he's come to Jesus with a request. He wants healing for a servant. Let me just read that scripture so you get where I'm coming from. And when Jesus entered in Capernaum, there came unto him a centurion beseeching him. This man who has authority, I mean, being in charge of 80 men is no small thing. Being sure that they can eat, being sure that they can, they're fed, they're trained, they're ready for battle, they're doing their job, that's not easy. And but this man who has all this authority over 80 men recognizes there's a limit to his own authority. And he comes to Jesus and says, I need you to help me with the situation. He's begging Jesus. He's beseeching Jesus. Now, according to the scripture, Jesus has just showed up in Capernaum. Most of his ministry just starts really when he comes to Capernaum. He's from Nazareth, but he moves to Capernaum. And then he starts this really this magnificent public ministry. And so this man recognizes, the centurion recognizes authority not in his chain of command, but in a new chain of command that's just showed up in Capernaum. Like my chain of command, I understand, but this is, I recognize what authority is. Jesus has literally just started entering Capernaum and this man who has been receiving orders that he can trace all the way back to whoever is the, the emperor of Rome recognizes there's a new chain of command in town that I need to get access to. Like this is, he's, he's realized that there's somebody walked in with a new authority and power. Let's keep reading. Verse six, and saying, Lord, my servant lieth at home sick of the palsy, grievously tormented. This palsy, um, this is King James Version, so it says the palsy. We don't usually use this word today, but it's another word for paralysis. It's another word for the inability to move. There's different types of paralysis. What they imagine this particular one is, is when somebody usually has a fever, really bad fever, and a really bad um, a high temperature, and they come out of it, there's this idea that they can go into, their body literally convulses into a permanent form of paralysis. It doesn't last but a two or three days, and then after that, the person usually ends up dying. It's kind of like a severe form of lockjaw or tet tetanus, but it impacts the entire body. And this particular form of paralysis always ends in death. This man has come to Jesus with a, with unfortunately a time limit on what the condition is that's affecting his servant. And he feels so badly for his servant, he looked, loves and likes his servant so much that he's willing to go outside of the normal order, the normal chain of command, and go seek somebody else's authority to help him. The normal thing to do would be go to his battlefield commander for help. Like just above him is a battlefield commander who has command of six or so centurions. So each of them kind of reports up. But he doesn't go to them for, their, for his assistance. He goes to somebody else who he sees authority in. Let me go read in the scripture. And Jesus saith unto them, I will come and heal him. 
Like his request is, I need you to do this from a person who I think is going to die soon. And Jesus answers, yes. Yes, yes, sir. I'm going to go ahead and heal him. Yes, I'm going to come and heal him right now. Um, it's funny because when I read this in, in Luke, Luke's account tells us that he sends people from elders from, from the Jewish community to go ask Jesus for him. He then realizes he, he needs more, his need, his need is more urgent and goes himself, <laughs> right? So this man is building to this moment, but he wants Jesus to heal him. And Jesus has at this moment said, yes, not only will I come, but I actually will do what you ask and I'll heal him. Like they've actually agreed to do what he wants. But the next verse, we realize that this wasn't good enough. For somebody who knows what the chain of command, what the authority can actually do. Like some of us would probably have been perfectly okay with however long it took for Jesus to walk from point A to point B and then heal him once you get to point B. This man is saying, I recognize what true authority is. And you don't need to have any proximity. You don't have to be close to. When we were young, we had this dog called um, Prince. We used to, he was the most um, hard hear, hearing of dogs you ever heard. In terms of, he just didn't listen to us. Like he wouldn't, like you could tell him, we finally got him to learn to sit. Like, and as soon as you turned your head away from him, he just ran off. Like he wouldn't listen. So if you tried to, if you tried to, if he was over there and you were over here and you said, stay, he would just take off running. Now, if you were close by and he knew you could get him, he would probably, probably stay where he is. Meaning, he only recognized authority that was close by. Any authority that was far away, he was like, nah, I'm not listening to you. <laughs> what do you think I am? He's not listening. I don't recognize that authority. Now, that was me. When my dad said sit, <laughs> didn't matter how far away my dad was, as soon as he heard that bass come through on the voice, the dog would sit immediately, wherever he was. Like I couldn't barely get him to sit when I'm next to him. My dad could speak it from the inside the house, in his bed, couldn't see him, dog sitting still for 15 minutes. My voice didn't carry the kind of authority necessary to get that dog to do what I wanted. This centurion has realized the voice of him doesn't need to be near my servant to carry authority. And I'm wondering sometimes if we think Jesus needs to be, we need to be in on a Sunday close to the Holy Spirit in this building in order to get what we need from Christ. And I'm here to tell you, his authority doesn't rely on your geographic location. It doesn't rely on your proximity to me. It doesn't rely on my proximity to the minister. You don't have to worry about how far you are away. His authority is carried wherever his voice tells it to go. He's speaking with authority and this man recognized it because he said, this is what he says. The centurion answered and said, Lord, like Jesus just said, I'll come with you. Let's go heal this guy. Verse eight, but the centurion answered and said, Lord, I'm not worthy that thou shouldest come under my roof. Like I'm not 
even that good a person. Yes, sir. <laughs> like you shouldn't have to come under my roof. He says, but speak the word only. Like you can just say it right now and we can dispense with how unworthy I am. We don't even have to worry about fixing the worthiness of me. We can get to the solution right here, right now. Like, and I wonder if sometimes we think we've done something so bad during the week that we think that our prayers aren't going to work the next minute or the next day because we are so far from God. I lied that one time so God's not going to listen to my prayer today. That's not how this works. If that were the case, this man would never have been able to ask the Lord for anything. But not only does he ask, not only does he ask, he says, I want you to do the miracle right here, right now. Like I'm saying there needs to be a certain kind of audacity to the faith you have. Like I know I'm not worthy, Lord, but you can do it anyway. Lord, I know I'm not the greatest. I'm not the best husband, the best, best pastor, the best minister. I'm not the best brother, the best cousin. But Lord, I know you can do it. I'm not worthy. But you're worthy. I don't have authority, but you have authority. I have a kind of authority, but it's not going to work this time. When you've tried everything else, when your authority has gone off, try him who has all authority. We read a scripture in, in, in Luke, I believe it was, when we were having communion and feet washing. And we said that Jesus had kind of come to this moment where authority had been given to him. Where this realization of all that he was going to do came to him in that moment. And he knew about everything he was going to have to do for us. And what does he do with that authority and that power? He washed his disciples' feet. What does he do in that moment? Does he go ahead and crown himself? No. Nope. He gives and he gives. I'm saying to you this, that regardless of your condition, Jesus is willing to help you regardless of how worthy you think you are and how bad you think you are. Jesus is there with authority to do what he needs to do for you. Let me just read that over. The centurion answered and said, Lord, I am not worthy that thou shouldest come under my roof. But speak the word only. It's like he's limiting, he's, not, he's broadening the expanse because we have never seen Jesus up until this moment do what he's asking him to do. I said sometimes right at the beginning we rely on tradition the way things are. But I'm wondering sometimes if we are limiting God by some of the ways we think about it. I know when we started this pandemic and we were online for a little while, and we were saying, well, gosh, I'm over here and you're over there. Is this? Nope. According to this, speak the word. Like, I don't care how we do it now. Video conference, telephone line, shouting from one mountaintop to another. Send it via pigeon if you like. If he's the authority, if God is the authority, our geographic location won't matter because he can speak the word only. No evidence whatsoever that this would work. 
But what he did have evidence was of authority. When you understand what authority is and you understand what power is, you realize that there is no limit on what God can do. <laughs> no one else with the disciples understood this. Let me keep reading and you'll understand why I say that. The centurion answered and said, Lord, I'm not worthy that thou shouldest come under my roof, but speak the word only and my servant shall be healed. Look at, this is his reasoning. This is the centurion's reasoning why he believes this is the case. He says, for I am a man under authority. He's not, listen to what he's saying. He's not saying I am a man with authority. <laughs> he says, I am a man under authority. And there's a slight difference. Because if he was a man with authority, he would have been saying, I can do this and that. But he's saying the authority I've been given is from somebody else. Like somebody else said, I'm a centurion, so I'm a centurion and my men listen to me. Does that make sense? Verse 9, he says, for I'm a man under authority, having soldiers under me. He's under authority and there's soldiers under me. And I say to this man, go, and he goeth, and to another, come, and he cometh. And to another, and to my servant, do this, and he doeth it. Everybody under me recognizes the authority that I am under. <laughs> right? Everybody under me recognizes the authority that I'm under. And he's turned to Jesus and said, I'm recognizing that my servant isn't under my authority. <laughs> my servant is under your authority. That's the way this is reading, right? He's saying, my servants do what I want because I am under authority from Rome. <laughs> and I'm asking you to heal my servant because you have the authority. <laughs> so my servants are under your authority. And what else is he saying therefore? I am under your authority. He's telling them, he's telling Jesus, I don't know who Caesar is at this time, but I am under your authority. <laughs> like, I, you see what I'm saying? My servant will be healed because I am under your authority and he's under your authority. And Jesus, what does Jesus respond to this? Jesus marvels. He loves to see this. He sees this response. And Jesus in verse 10 heard it. He marveled and said to them that followed. <laughs> the people who had been with Jesus the whole time don't get what this guy's got. The people who had been walking with Jesus and listening to Jesus. Jesus is explaining what this guy who walked up and said he's not worthy has unlocked that they haven't unlocked yet. Like he's figured something out that you folks who have been listening to me this whole time have not figured out. He's figured out that if you call on me, I will answer and it doesn't matter where you are. Jesus, when Jesus heard it, he marveled and said unto them that followed. He's not saying to the man now, he's talking to his people that have been with him. Verily I have say unto you, I have not found so great faith, no, not in Israel. What we realize now is that the centurion isn't just a centurion, he's a foreign centurion to Jesus and his disciples. That probably means that he's not a follower of Yeshua, he's not a follower of 
Jehovah. He doesn't know probably about Abraham and Isaac. He probably doesn't know about those traditions and beliefs, right? But somehow he recognizes the authority Jesus has, even though he was never taught about any of those things. And I'm wondering sometimes if we don't believe people can have faith to believe on Jesus, even if they haven't been taught all the things we've been taught. Like they just come in and hear that Jesus is the savior and just believe it. They don't know the scripture like we know it. We've been raised in it like, like that's all we know, but people can come and believe and receive of Jesus just by hearing and doing. And Jesus is saying, I haven't seen faith like this in not one of my countrymen. Literally none of you have shown me this kind of faith. This only happens two times in the Gospel of Matthew, where Jesus says, I recognize great faith. Only happens twice. The first, this is the first time, and the second time it happens is with the woman of Canaan. Only two times it happens where great faith, and neither of those times, are those people who believe on Jehovah. Both times it's people, the the woman of Canaan was from Canaan, she was a Syrophoenician according to Luke. She was of another country. And what we find out about this man is that he's not Jewish, he's something else. He's centurion, probably Italian, maybe Rome. But either way, they don't know about what we know about. And I'm wondering if sometimes we, don't use our imagination for faith because we're locked into a particular way of thinking and the Lord is saying look I can do way more than you're thinking about or asking about or dreaming about but you've got to just unlock that vision to say Lord you can do it Lord you can do everything I'm asking for I've just got to believe Jesus says I don't I'm seeing this kind of faith in all of Israel All of you who have heard of Abraham and the great move of Abraham, all of you have been listening to the prophets the whole time. You haven't shown and demonstrated this faith. All these folks who have heard about what Isaac was doing and what what Judah was doing and what Jacob was doing, none of you have demonstrated this faith, but this man just believes. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Thank you, Lord Jesus. So what happens in verse 13? And Jesus said unto the centurion, go thy way. And as thou hast believed, so be it done unto thee. I need you to to, to listen in on these words. I want to repeat it one more time. Jesus said unto the centurion, go thy way. And as thou hast believed, so be it done unto thee. Jesus has left the entire process in the hands of the centurion. Like he said, okay, you believe it that much? Whatever you decide to believe is gonna happen, is gonna happen. You wanna believe that when you show up at the house, he's ready and able to get back to work? That's what's gonna be. You want him to be be ready and healthy as soon as you leave this conversation? That's what it's gonna be. As thou hast believed, That's why I want you to believe the Lord Jesus for yourself, for what you need. 
For me, he's a healer. I've seen it. For me, he's a deliverer. I've seen it. I've seen him turn people who couldn't put down a bottle into teetotalers the next day. I've seen him. People struggle with addiction and drugs. Turn them around the next day. And it'd be impossible for everybody else to believe. I need you to believe for you. I seen with my own two eyes. A man who could not read. Yes, sir. Okay. Yes, sir. Wow. Come on, sir. Ask the Lord to help him read so he can read the word of God. Okay. Yes, sir. Come on, bro. You're saying it's impossible. Yes, sir. I'm saying this is what I know. And the man said, I can now read the word of God. Come on, preacher. Thank you, Jesus. I've seen people who have got cancerous outcomes. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Come on. Come on, sir. And they believe for themselves. Who brought their medicine that they no longer need to take? Yes, I've seen it. Come on, sir. Oh my, yes, and put it in front of the church. Hallelujah! 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 As thou hast believed. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. So it is unto thee. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. He says, "Speak the word only." Yes, sir. Yes, sir. But we've got to receive that to say, "Lord, as I'm believing, that's what you're going to do." Oh my, come on. But you have to get that in your spirit. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Thank you, Jesus. Yes, sir. So today, I'm asking you to go back at those things that you gave up on. Go back at those things that you quit believing the Lord could deliver for you. Go back at them and say, Lord, help me with that again. You quit, but the Lord didn't quit. You didn't recognize his authority, but that didn't mean his authority wasn't real. So let's go back with our new understanding of his authority and ask again. Ask again. And Jesus said unto the centurion, go thy way. I want you to go your way today and believe the Lord's going to do it. And the way you believed it is the way we believe it's going to be done. The scripture said, Jesus said, so be it unto you. And whatever prayer you're praying, I'm asking you to pray with me. So be it unto you. Thank you, Jesus. Say it with me now. So be it unto you. I want you to pray for each other. So be it unto you. Pray with each other. So be it unto you. May the Lord add a blessing to the reading of his word. In the name of the Lord Jesus.